Hey everyone, welcome to the Lead Her podcast. We have our first guest ever to the Lead Her and amazing one to have today. And it's also awesome because Shars came up for the weekend and we get to do this in person because our last few calls have been on Zoom. Yeah. Which is still really good, but it's amazing to have you here today. Oh, and thank you for having me. So um, me and Shar, we met what in 2000, 2020? Yeah, COVID times. Met just after COVID. Um, and yeah, so that's been three years now. And Shar's been someone that's really also helped me hugely um, with coming out with this lead her ethos as well. Like I remember messaging her, sending her some voice notes like, what's your thoughts? So you really helped us get here today as well. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so do you want to introduce yourself? Let us know what you do, what yeah, you focus on. Absolutely. So what I do is quite niche. I am a fashion business consultant. So I help founders in the fashion industry start and scale their fashion businesses with sustainability in mind. So yeah, it's it's quite niche, but it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah, amazing. And when we first met, you weren't doing that. What were you doing when we first met? So I worked as a fashion merchandiser um, in a corporate job. <laughs> I was going to say, I really like to say what company is, but we would do yeah. what um, A very well-known sports retailer in the UK. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was... It was not necessarily what I wanted to do, but it, it filled a gap and it gave me a, a good bunch of sort of resources and know-how that have taught me to, to implement what I know in mm-hmm. the industry with, with new founders now. Um, but yeah, I was in a very, very different situation. And I think when we first met, I literally just handed my notice in and yeah. was coming to sort of the end of that notice period. Yeah. And what were you thinking about doing when you went and handed in that notice? Did you have an idea where you were going? Yeah. So yeah. around about that time, I was sort of doing the odd side job, like, you know, that side hustle everyone talks about. I was doing the odd design project, working with a few different brands to help them build their collections, which was really cool because it was a nice creative outlet when I was working in merchandising, which was very much, you know, analytical, you know, there's a lot of numbers, figures, trying to figure out how we can make the business more money. Um, so it was nice to have that little creative outlet on the side. And that's that was the ultimate goal was take the design full time um, and it sort of snowballed slowly into what is now the consultancy role. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was an accidental role that I fell into. Yeah. And when we were chatting yesterday, you were kind of saying you maybe would have done things a little bit differently. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So what would you mean by that? I probably would have started with some savings, you know, <laughs> had a bit of a plan in place, but it was, you know, it was COVID times. It was, you know, I was put on furlough. I'd been working from home previously to that and it had just given me a bit of a, an insight into what it would be like to have a bit more freedom mm-hmm. and to yeah be my own boss essentially so mm-hmm. I was like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the leap with the support of my also self-employed partner which mm-hmm. I think if I didn't have that you know foundation it wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. um but yeah I had the support network there which you know made it much more achievable mm-hmm. and I just took the leap and I did it and I don't recommend other people do that <laughs> you know get a bit of savings under your belt have a bit of a structure a bit of a business plan but yeah it, it worked out for me yeah. which is fortunate <laughs> yeah I think I was the same like with becoming a coach I just went from a waitressing job straight into coaching like overnight I handed them a notice and then I started in the gym so I had nothing either 
But at the same time, if you always wait to have the finances, is that ever going to happen? And then would that, would, then you maybe get older and then you maybe don't take that risk of taking that job. So I don't know if there's a part of that as well where you kind of need to take a bit of a hit to do what you really want to do. Definitely. I think you have, there's a much, there's much more ease doing it when you're a little bit younger and yeah. you've got less responsibility. Yeah. You know, if you, you don't have children, you might not have a mortgage to pay. You can be a little bit more you know take more risks yeah. so I think yeah it was probably the right time uh, well it was definitely the right time um but I think yeah I would advise anyone to have a little bit more structure in place to understand okay this is what it's going to look like and if things don't work out you know this is my plan b let's say and just out of interest like do you think if you knew Mark like and when you came to our house as well and we're chatting away like we just hit off so well like and I read so many lovely quotes that are like when you just meet people and you just you just get the vibe, don't you? That you're yeah. just very like-minded. We're chatting about travel, we're chatting about business, we're chatting about life and family. Like, and you're a wee bit younger than me as well, aren't you? So, what were you when you first came up? What age were you? Um, twenty-two. Yeah, and I think I was like, I think I'm almost ten years old. What are you now? Twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thirty-four now. So nine years difference and I was just like oh my god like straight away like your energy like your mindset I was like oh I love her she's so lovely <laughs> but like do you think like with maybe speaking to us and then maybe also speaking to like being around Mark do you think that kind of gave you also the push to be like oh I can do this or do you think if you weren't with them would you have took many risks or I think it definitely gave like a sense of forced evolution yeah. you know you're around high performer high yeah. high achiever Mark has you know as you know he's very ambitious he breaks the mold entirely completely steps outside of the box which I think is you know I'm in awe of that yeah um and I think it's it's really cool and I think I definitely had you know the 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 foundations and the, the infrastructure to be able to be like okay cool like I can do this yeah I did always have a a mindset of you know you don't have to to do what everybody else does mm-hmm. you know you can sort of go against the grain um I did tend to, you know, like coming out of school, I didn't want to go to sixth form, I wanted to go to an art college and I, I ended up competing, which as you mm-hmm. know, you did the same and I sort of did things slightly differently to, you know, the, the circles that I was in at the time. Um, oh, sorry, just to say we do have Nala here <laughs> and Lola here, so if there's loads of barking and stuff, like ignore the dogs. <laughs> We're going to bring them in and think it would be a really cute doggy podcast, but a they're so <laughs> And we've not slept properly for two nights now because of the dogs. So I thought, yeah, so Yeah, so I definitely already had that, I guess, mindset in place, but it was yeah. just having the, the space to be like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, amazing. Because I think, like, seeing Joe was already doing it a little bit before me definitely had let me have more belief that I can do it. I don't know if I, if I did meet Joe, if I would have, mm. but it's interesting that you always kind of had that outsider yeah. mindset as well, which probably definitely gave you a push to do this and not just do the nine to five job that didn't make you happy. It's okay. Yeah. It makes other people happy, but for you, it wasn't for you. Totally. I remember saying during my degree and during my diploma, which again was like in the art fashion space. Mm-hmm. So I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And I remember saying to myself, you know, you're going to start a business, you're not going to you know, work the nine till five. And I just didn't realise it would be able to happen so quickly. So yeah. I think I always had that vision. But ultimately, yeah, it happened a lot quicker than, than mm. I anticipated it would. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. And then I was kind of thinking, like, I know for me, like, I don't have a lot of friends or women around me that I felt that I could really chat to about business and stuff. And it was really helpful having Joe. But, like, 
was there any kind of struggles that you faced like with obviously starting your business and trying to do things for yourself and start this new journey was there any parts where you you can maybe bounce ideas off of Mark but did you have any struggles that you felt he didn't really understand oh 100 percent I think especially you know the friendship group I was in I've got great friends but some of them sort of didn't get it and I'd sort of be like you know talking about it and they'd be very supportive but you can't you're only so supportive that you can be when you don't really understand and you're not facing the same challenges and going through the same journey. So I think, yeah, starting a business is very isolating, can mm-hmm. be very, very lonely at times, even if you have, you know, the best people around you. And what I found was that some of my, you know, closest friends in the business space were, you know, they're dotted all over the place, just like you, yeah. you know, you're a four and a half hour drive away. <laughs> so it's not just like, hi, can we grab a coffee today? It's very much, you know, you, you've got to make a conscious effort to be able to to build those people around you. So, yeah, although Mark is has been my business mentor for the past, <laughs> you know, two, three years, and he still continues to be, you've got to definitely build that around and outside of your partner because, yeah, they've got their own stuff to worry about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about you, but when Joel maybe gives me recommendations or stuff like that, I'm like, oh, you're so annoying like I don't want you to tell me what to do <laughs> and then I'll sleep on it and then the next day I'm like oh shit yeah he's right like that is something totally. that I need to do and I'm ready to go but yeah. it's almost like I need 24 hours to digest it I think sometimes you need to learn your own lessons as well yeah. there's definitely been times where Mark has said okay this is what you need to do and it's maybe taken me six months for like what I'm currently doing isn't working I need yeah. to try something new and he's like I told you so <laughs> So with you, like, because we don't want to just make it about you being a business owner. So like, let's say it's just like your career and it's your job. Has there been times when you're like, because if anyone's got any kind of goal here where it might not be business and starting their own business, it might be starting a new career or it might just be like a fitness goal, getting fitter and healthier. Like, has there been any time on this journey where you've been like, I can't fucking do this, like and close to quitting or like, has there been lots of self-doubt? Oh gosh, all of it. (laughs) So, so much. And I think... (laughs) Being a business owner really, it exposes all of your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So anything that you weren't so great at before, you will realise that tenfold as a Mm -hmm. business owner. And I think, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be so many times where you're doubting yourself thinking, was this the right thing to do? Should I go, Mm -hmm. you know, should I look to apply for some jobs? And I think there's so much uncertainty as well. You know, if you're in, you know, quote unquote, five, uh, nine till five, you have that security of mm. even if you don't work as hard let's say one week to a next you know that you've got that paycheck coming in but when you work for yourself it's there's definitely a little bit less predictability there mm. um so there's yeah there's so many challenges and like you say that self-doubt of you know imposter syndrome who mm. are who am I to be doing this and yeah and you know do people actually want to work with me and I think there's so many times when you're gonna you're gonna get that and I think it might be, you know, I think people have very different opinions on this quote, let's say, but I think fake it till you make it. And yeah. just, you know, just keep keep going, even if you don't feel like you're mm-hmm. capable or if you don't feel like you're the right person to be doing this. You know, yeah. surround yourself with people like yourself who are like, mm-hmm. you are on the right track, you've got this. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be so many times when you're like, I'd rather just throw in the towel. Yeah. Let's go for the easy option. For like one night and then you wake up and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go again. Definitely. I heard loads of athletes do that where they're like, I'm going to, I'm retired and I'm retired and I'm not going to do it like after a competition. Yeah. And then like after a few months off, they're like, right, let's get the season started. And they're like, I thought you were retired. And they're like, nah, you just need to kind of give yourself that little bit. It's of- totally like that all yeah. the time. I think in any goal as well, just, you know, 
you're not going to be motivated all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wake up jumping out of bed like, yeah, let's do this every yeah. single day. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's being consistent and having mm-hmm. that discipline to keep going mm-hmm. even when you feel like you're not, you're not capable and you, yeah. you don't want to do it. Definitely. And that's a little bit like with me with obviously coming into lead hard is like, although I was still helping all our members within the community, I was still training, I was still eating well, I was still making sure they were absolutely bossing it. So I was still doing what I had to do to then finally find lead hard and yeah. rather than just being like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. And you just start not training and you don't start looking after yourself. And then that makes the situation worse, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it is like fake it till we make it. I think we all need to do that or act your way into a habit or act your way into a behaviour. And like the habits and behaviours are so important because you just keep doing what you need to do and then it does all eventually come together. So do you have anything like you would say to someone like if they are really having a bit of self-doubt, is there anything that you feel really works for you when you are feeling like like really low? Is there anything that you do that helps you? There's something that you said... (laughs) There was something that you said on your story the other day and it completely resonated with me and it was what would the person you want who would the the person that you want to be what would they be doing yeah and I think that is so like such a powerful approach to take like the person I want to be you know what would what would their actions be would they be getting up early and getting their run in before the working day would they be you know choosing nutrient-dense fuels that are going to foods that are going to fuel you and get you through the day would they be creating content and putting yourself out there even when you don't feel like you want to yeah. I think yeah like what would the person you want to be what would they be doing I yeah. think that's yeah I guess that would be the approach I've sort of been taking mm. without thinking about it yeah it's such a good way because that's de- definitely me last year like I was just lying in later I was just a bit demotivated a bit frustrated and I was lying in in the morning and something just clicked when we were away last year. I was just like, nah, like the Leanne, the lead her lady, like she would not be lying in bed. She would not be sleeping in. And I got my ass up and straight away every morning I was just up like a light, like, right, let's go. And Joe's like, whoa, what has happened to you? Like, you know, it's really like a flick of the switch. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm ready to go. So yeah, I do think that really helps when you do think that mindset. Yeah. So I was going to ask next was, um, so like you said, like, meeting up with other like-minded people and speaking to other people like what I love is when I speak to people like yourself I'm like oh my god me too like I really struggle like it is so hard I do not believe in myself all the time and it's so nice when you meet other people that feel like that so with you like I know you've been kind of doing a lot more work recently in terms to like trying to get out and meet more people and you've also been looking into doing a bit of traveling by yourself like you did that last year do you want to talk about maybe where that kind of came from yeah so again sort of as a business owner you it can be quite isolating and I think Mm -hmm. the more that happens the more you pull back and retract and you know you you like as a business owner I definitely really enjoy my own company and I know you're probably the same you're happy to just sort of be on your own totally or even just like people that have been working from home with work and lockdown I think we've all became a lot more well I definitely became a lot more introverted and it takes a lot for me to get back it's almost took me like two years to get back into being a wee bit more extroverted again so I think even people from working from home as well or maybe people our age your friendship groups do get smaller Mm. and you maybe don't see as lot many people so yeah so a lot of people maybe feel like you do yeah as well definitely and I think you know you still you probably still have some friends from whether it's you know if you went to uni or from your workplace or whatnot but you tend to drift I think especially if you have got a business or if you've 
decided to take a new path and you've got this new goal and you do tend to sort of drift away from some people and that can make it even harder. I think the older you get, the harder it is to make new friends. Yeah. And especially, again, if you're working from home or if you're working for yourself, you've not necessarily got those workspaces Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, get to know people and work parties and things like that. You don't have those anymore. So it, it can be really, really challenging and have to make a conscious effort to reach out to people and say, look, you know, let's go and grab something to eat. Um, and I think, yeah, you, you can want to stay in this place that feels safe. It's comfortable, isn't it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was me last year. Definitely towards the back end of last year, I was just going through the motions, getting up, doing what I needed to do, you know, serve my clients, get a bit of exercise and a bit of you know, um, movement in there. And that was pretty much me. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a bit of a, you know, kick up the bum and, and just like, you know, I need to get out there and do more stuff. Life's yeah. for living. Yeah. I went, and you're still so young. Absolutely. <laughs> We're living like 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I went into this self-employed world to have freedom, to have self-autonomy. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't using it. So I booked uh, a little solo trip. Um, mm-hmm. there's a couple of places that I wanted to go. So I just thought, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so nervous. The morning I woke up to take the flight on like a Sunday morning, like 4am, I was like, what have I done? I've got to be all on my own. Yeah. And it was so good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I'm one of those people that will happily sit and have dinner on my own, mm-hmm. take a book with me. Um, and even if you're not, you know, doing that and pushing yourself outside of a comfort zone, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll feel so, so good for it. And you'll get to see new places and you don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. You get to go to the restaurants you want to go to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was something that I really enjoyed and definitely going to be doing more of. I love it. I think it's <laughs> absolutely amazing. And is there anything that you kind of maybe found out about yourself on that trip or did it bring in a bit more confidence in yourself? Was there anything, what was your biggest takeaway from it? I remember journaling while I was out there and, yeah. and journaling around this idea of safety. And, you know, we talk the talk about what our values are. And, you know, if you can say that you value one thing, mm-hmm. but if your actions speak otherwise, there's this huge disconnect. And me, yeah. you know, saying I value self-autonomy, I value freedom. And I'd never gone on an airplane, you know, to somewhere on my own before. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it's a bit of a mismatch here. So that was something that really like resonated mm-hmm. and like had a bit of a penny drop moment. Like I have this idea of like what's safe to me and safety can be anywhere. Yeah. Safety isn't a fact, you know, you can create that. So I could choose to feel safe on my couch with mm-hmm. my dog, you know, where no, nothing can get me or I can go out there and seek safety in a new country and, and explore mm-hmm. new things. So that was a massive thing for me. Yeah. So cool. Because, like, I only did it a tiny bit. I haven't, I don't think I've ever went somewhere by myself. I don't think that's ever happened. But a lot of people say, like, especially with our age, you know, and you've been in a relationship for a lot of years, is that, or when you've maybe had kids, mm. is that you do lose yourself and you're, you'd start to just do what your partner wants you to do. Or, yeah. but just naturally, it's not that they're making you do it, but you do just lose a part of yourself when you have kids or when you have just focused on one career. And, you've been knuckling down on it so much that almost you lift your head at one point and you're like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I want to do anymore. And life is good. Like everything's good. You've got your house, you've got your dog, you've got your family, but there's just that little part in you that's just like, oh, I don't, I'm not happy. There's something missing here. And that's what this whole podcast is about is finding this thing inside you that you want to bring out. It's not just 
not getting out of your comfort zone and just staying in this happy place you know there's so much more to give we've got so many years to go that yeah. doing stuff like this I think it's a perfect opportunity even if it's just going for a coffee yourself or the cinema yourself it's just this perfect moment to go out and really learn who you are and what you want definitely and I think it's so important because I don't know if it's just a female thing but we just seem to put ourselves last oh totally yeah it, absolutely every single time and I think it's sort of like a generational I don't want to use the the term frivolously but a generational trauma let's mm-hmm. say I think you know our mums were the ones who you know always put everybody else first and yeah. you know I think you can't serve from an empty cup and if you're always prioritizing everyone else and you know making sure the dog's happy and your yeah. is happy and the house is run and if you've got children making sure that they've got what they need mm-hmm. and then as you say you come last yeah. and really you should be filling your cup up first mm-hmm. and it's that analogy of you know, if you're on an aeroplane in the event of loss of cabin pressure, put your own oxygen mask mm-hmm. on first and then help others with theirs. And I think that is, again, super powerful of put your own oxygen yeah. mask on first yeah, and go and do the things that, that light you up, that spark joy, that fill that cup back up so that you can be your best self as a mum, mm-hmm. as a business owner, as a dog mum, yeah. as a friend, as a daughter. Yeah. Um, and you can't do all of those things if you're constantly putting your needs and wants at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you do keep putting your needs and everything at the bottom of the pile, you do end up hitting burnout or you do end up, yeah, just feeling like the way I did last year. I just felt like I just knew there was so much more I wanted to do and I didn't know what it was because I had it down for so long that it was almost a harder battle to find it and bring it back up again and really kind of do it so it's almost like you're having those thoughts right now you could do what you've done and maybe book a wee trip yourselves or if you don't feel ready to do that what else like you could maybe go to like events or like you said about the cinema I love a solo cinema trip and it took me I think I did my first one a couple of years ago and I again was so nervous even just like pulling into the car park being like this is so weird and sat on my own eating my popcorn like (laughs) people thinking I'm strange I've got no friends yeah but being able to do something like that does allow you to have that space to think what is it that I want what is it that I enjoy am I living through you know a belief system or what you know society subscribes for me or again like a partner am I doing what my partner enjoys and not not doing what I enjoy so I think creating that space is really really important and if you don't have friends that like things like that as well because we were saying last night like the boys hate Marvel movies or like fantasy stuff whereas we're like we love it and then we're like why do they love so bad away from each other (laughs) even like one of my best friends that lives in Australia oh she moved away to Australia me and her would always go and see the movies together and then she left and I've never really ever put the cinemas a bit rubbish now isn't it really is a bit poo but um yeah I love me time yeah I love just being by myself sometimes my company mm. more than ever but there is things that I know Joe would like for example if me and Joe go on holiday where did you go you went to Krakow Krakow and Milan yeah so we went to Krakow and it was almost like I have to always pull Joe to do touristy things and yeah. you feel bad because like it's a both our holidays but sometimes I'm like come on let's do this and he's like oh and I can tell he's doing it to please me, but then he does it and he loves it and yeah. he like he comes away and he's telling everybody all these stories <laughs> and I sit there so proud and I'm like, I made you do that. But he would never do that. He would happily sit in his office and work all the time yeah. and not do anything. So it's nice to push him, but sometimes it's nice for me to go, do you know what, I want to go and see this and I don't want to have to trail somebody around with me or feel bad I'm trailing someone around with me or do you know what, I want to go for pizza tonight and 
for the third night in a row, that's fine. <laughs> that's it, that's <laughs> exactly it. Yeah. Being able to make your own decisions yeah. and have, like you say, nobody to answer to. Yeah. And, you know, relationships and stuff are about compromise. Sometimes you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. And yeah. that's part of life. But being able to, like, go away a couple of weeks, even just, like, a few days, like, yeah. a couple of nights, I think just being able to make your own your own call is yeah. is really nice. Yeah. And just like you say, filling that cup back up when you mm-hmm. get home and when there is compromise and you're going to have to, you know, do things you don't want to do, you're like, cool, because I got a week of doing whatever mm-hmm. I wanted to do for me. And you mark do that for each other as well, don't you? Like, oh, totally. Like, each other have a bit of time where we yeah. come back with loads of stories to share. and That's it. Freshens up the relationship a little. Exactly. <laughs> I think, again, like when you're both working from home, you're both in the same environment all of the time. Yeah. Sort of run out of things to talk yeah. about. But yeah. if you're, you know, Mark likes more outdoor pursuits he loves mm. you know um hiking and and running and you know he'll spend some time in oslo and come back and tell me about what he's been doing and it's really nice to like you say you know catch up and hear about their adventures and then you can come together and do things together it's nice to have those separate entities that you enjoy yeah. but being able to enjoy other things as, mm. as a couple and just back to other people getting out of their comfort zone and doing stuff like this as a sign when you've got that feeling in your tummy you're like oh I want to do this yeah once you do it like when I get that feeling now I'm like ah, this is I know I need Leading. to do this this is for me and I get our some of our lead her members that do come to just like our workshops or to come to the gym sessions or whatever they're so nervous before they come yeah. but as soon as you walk into a room everybody else feels like that too yeah. everybody and it's just knowing that everybody else feels like that it's not just you there'll be people that are even more nervous than you and they probably haven't shown up but by showing up you've met new people you've got out your comfort zone you're going to walk away feeling good from just like overcoming that little thing that's pulling you back and, yeah. and try to hold you back you become that you always get a boost in confidence I think 100% and it's you know it's like muscle memory and stuff as well when you're training you've got to do those hard things Mm -hmm. to be able to you know come back stronger and and, you know want to do it again I think like you say when you get those butterflies in your stomach and it doesn't feel good you feel you know you feel sick and you're thinking they can be so strong they can they can and you know I think that's a really good sign to to lean into it Mm -hmm. and be like right this is this is telling me that I need to do this. Mm-hmm. This feels hard, but it's going to be really rewarding. And just as you say, everyone else probably feels mm-hmm. the same. They're yeah. just sort of, you know, trying to keep it, trying to keep yeah. it together, like, a, you know, duck underwater. Yeah. Um, but you've just got to lean into it and, yeah. and try it. Yeah. Because you'll never know unless you try. No, definitely not. And I was saying to someone the other day that oh, I've totally got, forgot what I was going to say there, but yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, I know <laughs> and someone told me once that like when you can't remember what you're going to say it's made up so every time I'm like, oh shit I forgot what I'm going to say I really think because I'm lying oh, I know totally forgot what it was if it comes back to me yeah I'll just randomly put it in yeah. I'll just like um, yeah. I'll randomly shout it out and everyone will be like what is she talking about <laughs> um, so one thing that I really wanted us to do today because you do work within fashion is maybe like we know there's maybe a lot of women listening to this who like maybe going through a difficult time when they're going into the changing room they're seeing lumps and bumps they're like oh my god what is this I don't see this at home losing a bit of confidence in themselves or they're trying on clothes and they don't fit so you've got a lot of knowledge about this in terms of what brands do and we did do this on well we her before we had you come on and give us a full education on this and the girls loved it so um yeah what would you maybe say to someone that's feeling like their normal clothes size isn't fitting what would you maybe say to them my advice plain and simply would be that sizes are a lot of rubbish mm-hmm. there is no standardization there's no 
industry standard when it comes to sizing. A brand can essentially put whatever size they want on any product, both men and women and even children as well. There's no there's no set numbers that you have to yeah, stick to. I guess with children as well, a lot of people go, oh, my baby's a bigger size. Like, they actually feel, like, proud of it because yeah. their baby's growing so much. Right. It's not like, oh, like, the clothes aren't fit and there's something wrong with my baby. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. And just as you, you say, you know, you're going to go through fluctuations. We were talking yeah. about it on our run this morning, like, depending on the time of the year, especially as a woman, depending on the time of the month, mm -hmm. the scales will, will increase. I know if I'm, you know, coming up towards the time of the month, some of my clothes don't fit me. Yeah. If I've been on a flight, I get quite bad, um, you know, swelling. So mm -hmm. if I sometimes get on the other end, some of my clothes physically won't button up. And I think it's very normal to fluctuate in sizes. But when it comes to, you know, shopping from brand to brand, and you might be, you know, a UK 12 in one brand, a UK 10 in another. And you, when you fit into that UK 10, it you know, might give you that boost that, you've, that you thought you needed and you try... You have to fit in a size 12 in another another store then oh, well you know I feel bad about myself because I've had to increase the size and it really doesn't matter mm -hmm. you know you pick the clothes that fit and if you have to size up because it, it fits better and but you you have this mindset around what the label says yeah cut the tag out you yeah know? it doesn't it really doesn't mean anything and it's just about fitting buying clothes that fit you well that you mm -hmm. feel comfortable in that you feel great in and yeah, trying to disregard what that label says because, yeah, working in the industry, I've, I've noticed over the years there is literally no standardisation in sizing. Mm -hmm. And inflation happens as well. You know, if you think back to sort of like the Marilyn Monroe days, she, I think she was supposed, supposedly like a size eight. Mm -hmm. But in today's time, you know, her sizing is completely different to what it was back then. Yeah. So as, you know, as we go through the trends, I think if you see at the moment, we're going back down that sort of, heroin chic look mm, again and you've seen, you've seen yeah. everyone's like super super slim again yeah. and or like the low hipster jeans and i'm like yeah oh, i don't want to get they don't look, out. they only <laughs> look <laughs> good on certain people <laughs> yeah i was like no i hated it when i was younger and everything yeah now. no don't bring those back no um so i think you know we go through sort of peaks and troughs and trends of mm -hmm. you know body shapes and sizes and i think you know your body isn't a trend yeah and everybody has different shapes and sizes so mm -hmm. you know you've got to work towards what feels good for you rather than trying to get to an unrealistic ideal mm -hmm. um so yeah don't follow the, the the trends of what people think you should look like mm -hmm. at a certain time because we went through the stage of you know big bums and big boobs and sort yeah. of like the kardashians and then they had their implants removed and it's like okay now we should lose weight and it's oh it's yeah yeah and it's you know it's this super unrealistic they can't even set their own standards oh, yeah and we you know, know there's a lot of insecurities with them hugely absolutely absolutely so yeah. i think you know if they can't even withhold their own standards we yeah. shouldn't be trying to mm -hmm. you know strive to this complete one ideal mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think even for me like when i go on holiday and denim shorts i love denim shorts they always look so cute but when you're in the, the the changing rooms and i think that's something we come back to as well is like the lighting and stuff and changing rooms and what they do with it as mm -hmm. well but like for me i would always try and just size up with jeans and shorts because like there's nothing worse even right now these jeans are actually quite good these are quite stretchy levi's but i picked up the same size in black and yeah. i told you this didn't i and oh my god they are suffocating they are so tight and because it was down at Gretna and we got back home that's two hour three hour drive I'm not going to go and return them because mm -hmm. I was too lazy to go on and try them on yeah but what had happened there you told me this was it is it a different material in the black and the blue yeah 
So if they're different, slightly different fabrics, slightly different compositions, they might have different stretch. Yeah. And there's a lot of jeans out there. I think these are sort of got, like got a bit of stretch in them as well. Yeah. And you might find, I always find this, that the first day I put them on when they're fresh out of the washing machine, yeah. they're sort of they're quite tight, they sort of fit quite well. And then a few days later, if you worn them a few days, the, the waistband is now mm. loose. Yeah. And if you didn't have that understanding of, okay, it's just the fabric, you know, mm. there's a bit of stretch in there, it's 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 sort of loosened, you might think, oh, okay, I've lost I've lost weight. Mm. You wash the jeans again, put them on the next day and they're fit, fitting tight today. You're like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't lose that maybe weight. Maybe I gained weight. <laughs> and you're right? like, no. <laughs> so I think it's, it's all these sort of like psychological factors mm. when it comes to clothing and the way that we feel in in the clothes that we wear and just as you were saying about the fitting rooms yeah I don't think I've ever looked at myself in a fitting room mirror and thought oh I look great you mm-hmm. know the lighting is off that that yeah. down lighting is super unflattering you're probably not you know you're flustered you know when yourself when you're shopping you you know you get your hairs in your face you're flustered you're getting yourself all worked up and I think we have this expectation of what we're going to look like and if it doesn't fulfill that then yeah, shopping can be a really stressful, traumatic mm. experience for a lot of people. Yeah. I tend to do a lot of mine online to avoid yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Because again, online you've got so many sizes you can get. Yeah. And then you can obviously choose at home and there's not that stress. And Absolutely. Run around the shop sweating. But yeah, I love just sizing up. And we were saying this last night, it's sometimes just comfort is better oh, than anything. Totally. Even just sat recording this just now, I'm freezing, I'm like so cold. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I would love to just sit with a big baggy hoodie on and a place right now to keep warm. But yeah, there's that place where if I buy jeans or shorts or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to wear these all day yeah. and feel comfortable and put a belt on if they feel too loose than me trying to buy a size six, size eight, which probably wouldn't even fit my hip bones anyway. Because bone comes into it as well. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to be a size eight, but their hips are a size 10. You can't change the size yeah. of your bones. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think you've got to sort of work with the body that you have and yeah. and you know this is this is your home you've got to you know you only get one you've got yeah. to look after it and I think again sort of diet culture had us believe that we had to be the tiniest mm-hmm. smallest version of ourselves and women had to be petite and take up very little space and I think now going into sort of like 2023 and beyond it's like women should take up space don't be don't be afraid to be powerful and to be strong mm-hmm. and outspoken and you know show up and be present in a room and you know it's like that that power suit type of vibe you walk in and you know don't be afraid that people are looking your way because you have a presence Mm -hmm. rather than like having to be slight and in the corner where nobody can see you gone are the days where that that should be a belief system Yeah. yeah and two more things I want to do so just if you're being a fashion founder and the kind of companies that you work with there's a lot more being spoken about now about things being a lot more environmentally friendly a lot more eco-friendly um so what maybe a bit of advice would you give to people to make sure that we can buy less clothing better for the environment right less low what is it low price companies that i don't yeah. want to say company brands fast fashion. But yeah was it fast fashion fast fashion yeah. um like what can some women do because it is nice to buy yourself a nice blazer that does last you 20 years like yeah what would you so sustainability starts in your wardrobe mm-hmm. you know people say to me all the time well where can i shop to be more sustainable yeah. well to be more sustainable just shop less mm-hmm. consume less and i think that is the ultimate problem not you know taking putting aside the fact that these fast fashion brands are you know doing things really unethically and unsustainably 
it's just the sheer size and volume of the mm-hmm. products that are being released. So I would just say just buy less mm-hmm. um, and buy quality pieces. So we have a habit of, you know, buying from cheaper brands that you maybe can get more. And mm-hmm. we think, you know, more is more when you can probably buy a more expensive piece, mm-hmm. you know, more quality piece that's taken all of these things into consideration. They've got sustainable fabrics, mm-hmm. it's ethical, you know, worker welfare is really considered and people have been paid a living wage to produce these items, you'll feel so much better, both Mm. sort of mentally, but then the the pieces will last longer. They'll last longer in your wardrobe, more transferable across the seasons. And I often look at it as a cost per wear perspective. Mm. If you spend £20 on a blazer, you might only get a handful of wears out of it before the seams are coming away and Mm. you you wash it and it falls apart. Or you could spend £200 on a blazer but you might wear that, you know, 200 times. Yeah. And there'll be less people that maybe have it as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's much more unique. Yeah. And you probably, it'll stand the test of time. You might be able to give it down to, you know, your daughters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a really nice, you know, being circular and looking at it that way. Um. So, yeah, I, I do advise just initially to buy less. But when you do buy, buy good quality pieces. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to buy secondhand. Like these Levi's, I got these in a secondhand shop. Um, and you know, just 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 buy what what feels good, but also mm-hmm. you know think of longevity and think of quality. Yeah, there's obviously stuff like pants and socks. Yeah, maybe <laughs> don't buy those pants. That's definitely yeah. a, bit of a gray area. Or even just like some things for me, like I do just love a cheap pair of Primark pants. Like just love going in, getting a few selections. It makes yeah. me feel good. Like exactly underneath, um, rather than like maybe some things in more expensive pants companies. I'm like. Well, there's either going to eat them, <laughs> for one, <laughs> or like, yeah, eventually they're going to go in the bin. So some things yeah. I'm like, I'd, like that's something that I'll go to Primark and stuff for. But I do think like, even just since I've met you, and I do think it's became a lot more publicised now into the fast fashion brands, I've definitely been making a lot better decisions. So almost yeah. like what we were saying last night, buying an Apple Watch, I feel like I'm really overthinking things before I buy yeah. them. And I only buy something as like a real treat when I do buy something new but you were downstairs with me there and you were asking for a hairdryer and I was like oh my god Shara's going to look in my cupboard and it is an absolute riot <laughs> and it's stressing me out I know I need to clean it out because even just for us going for dinner tonight I'm like I can't see what I've got and sometimes less is more isn't it when you've got bits that you know you love wearing and you want to wear it all the time it's like I need to have a massive clear out and I just want my cupboards a lot more minimalist mm. and I work towards this idea of you know capsule wardrobe having like basic staples and I, I would say try and avoid like the the main trends you know those trends that come in and that they're, they're maybe here for six months and you think I'm going to buy this piece and it's not going to be back in again for maybe yeah. 10 years you know don't necessarily fully avoid trends if you want to wear pieces mm-hmm. that are you know current and present that's that's okay um, but try and build a wardrobe where pieces lend themselves well to other pieces. So build like the basics and the staples first and then, you know, sort of work around that. And I think don't be guilty if you have to buy from a high street brand or a fast yeah. fashion brand because, you know, it's it's just, it's ultimately consumption. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those people that's buying hundreds of units and, you know, spending hundreds of pounds each month, you know, in, I'm not going to name any of their names, but in a fast fashion <laughs> yeah, brand, yeah. Then maybe just look to reduce that consumption yeah. down because that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, and save money as well. We don't. Yeah, need, we don't need it. We don't. We've probably got loads of stuff that we've got in a cupboard. But like me, it's all hidden and you can't find it all. So yeah. a good clear out is definitely what I need. Definitely. Um. So last question because we're 
wee bit of time here. So for you, like if you were maybe to speak to a Shar who was really struggling, really not sure what route to go down, feeling a bit lost, a bit frustrated, what maybe a bit of advice would you give to her or for anyone listening to this podcast that's yeah knowing like we've said earlier like just inside us or is that something that wants to do something different yeah for me it would be try to care less about what other people think Mm -hmm. I have always even if it was just a little part of my mind Mm -hmm. that would be thinking what will people think what will my friends from back in my hometown think Mm -hmm. you know I grew up in like a small town in the northeast and then moved to Manchester which is this big city with you know, more abundance and more opportunity, there would always be that part of my mind that would be thinking, yeah, but what will, what will so-and-so be saying about me behind my back? Or what will this person think? Ultimately, all that really matters is your happiness Mm -hmm. and other people's opinions of you are absolutely nothing to do with you. It's not your business. Mm -hmm. If they want to think that, that's, that's cool. Um, But ultimately, yeah, you've got to, you've got to prioritise your needs and your happiness. So yeah, just try to, it's easier said than done, don't get me wrong, but just try to care a little bit less about what the people think and yeah just go for it amazing perfect awesome well we'll finish there <laughs> thank you so much for doing oh, this i've absolutely loved it <laughs> um and before we go if you've got any questions for Shar and you maybe listen to us in the future where can we find you um instagram is probably my my most love present platform um yeah <laughs> me too um at charlotte j johnson on mm-hmm. there um and that's probably the best place to find me okay cool so we can get you there i'll put it in the description as well um or you can just message me and i'll be in touch um and send it to Sharon and, and we can again just bring it up in the podcast and chat about your kind of question that you've got but hopefully you've related to some little parts of this today and if you are stuck know that we've done it yeah. you pushed yourself out of the comfort zone and you need to do it because that is where we're going to grow and we're going to really find who we want to be so thank you so much for sharing your story so yeah, far and I'm excited you. to see where you go next <laughs> thank you for listening and I hope you all have an amazing week